Welcome to Sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. Uh, Brian Pierce here, episode 80, 80. That's a big number. Um, t- my daughter just told me that she now knows how to count to over 100, which means, you know, she's six. That's good for her, I guess. So that means that the fact that uh, we're sitting here at 80, she could actually help me realize the fact that 80 is a very large number. It takes a long time to count to, and I'm very, very thankful for the fact that we're sitting here uh, on the couch, myself on the couch. We got Steven in the chair, of course. You know, that's that's where he lives. Hello, Steven Sand. How's it going? I'm very thankful as well that we're back. There's been two weeks that we have had a hiatus of sorts. Um, well, no, actually, a fact. We have had a hi- hiatus. Uh, two weeks ago, I was uh, in, in Pittsburgh with work, and I could not get away on time to, uh, unfortunately, do a show. And then last week, I had shoulder surgery, as you can tell by this fancy, awesome uh, contraption that I have going on. We'll, we'll, we'll obviously get into that a little bit more because it's, it's fun information to talk about. I think that a lot of people in the world have had injuries, um, and it's, it's just good to kind of know how people recover from those, uh, move throughout the world, and make things happen. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the racing that has happened in the past two weeks. Um, but luckily, our guest that we have this evening for episode 80 is Jesse Grome. I'm going to say Grome, and I'm going to be corrected very shortly, I'm sure, um, on how we actually pronounce his last name. But Mr. Uh, Jesse Grome, how is your evening going, kind sir? It's it's going good. Um happy to be on the show and uh you pronounced my last name right spot on boom see <laughs> we, we disappear for two weeks i get on a bunch of happy narcotic drugs and and shit starts falling into place i don't know i think it's i think it's yeah. i think it's good <laughs> you think it's gonna work out or think we're gonna screw it up more I don't know. We're off to a good start. So we'll <laughs> I like it. Well, I'm glad that you are as, as positive about the situation as I am. And I think that we're going to do an absolutely fantastic job. So Jesse Grump, one of the reasons that I wanted to chat with you for this show is because not just because of your fine performance this past weekend at the Cajun Classic National Enduro uh, in Louisiana, but that is one of the reasons. It's a very, very tough, nasty, muddy race for the fourth round of the National Enduro Series, and, and I wanted to get your take on it. Um, we heard a lot of the super fast guys, you know, guys on the podium and stuff like that, uh, your, your Mullinses, your Bobbits and Ferringers about how muddy and tough the course was. And we heard a lot about there was only like 14 sea riders that actually finished. So being a guy that your first professional year on, you know, with, with a team um, at the National Enduro Series, we wanted to get your take on this past weekend. So overall, before we start getting nitty gritty, give me your kind of your, your, your thoughts on the race this past weekend. Um. Yeah, well, Saturday I was looking at the dirt and rode the little practice loop, and I was like, man, the dirt's going to be perfect, just that right amount of moisture, and then we got hit with all that rain. So um, I thought I was going to absorb it you know, a little bit better than it did. The first two sections were pretty uh, kind of sandy and fast, and I was strong in those, but uh, it was definitely, you know, got slimy and nasty and uh, rutted out and, and chewed up, and there were some guys – struggling in the mud and uh it was definitely a tough race i mean i had my goggles off you know half the time and uh it was it wasn't an easy one for sure yeah um i think 
in one of your interviews that you did, you mentioned that you did so well. You were in the top three, I believe, and maybe after the first two or three sections. Um, and, and is it because of the fact that, you know, the sandy conditions seem to, you know, be what you kind of grew up riding in up in the Northeast? Yeah. Um, yeah. South. I live in South Jersey and it's, you know, sandy and I like the fast flowing sandy kind of lot of traction um trail and that's what the first two tests were kind of like that and i just didn't make any mistakes rode smooth kind of kept the arm pumped down and was just smart and then um i think yeah i definitely think uh just being around from where i'm from and everything that was that's definitely one of my strong points yeah um now we 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 did actually talk with mike lafferty i believe it was about four weeks ago now at this point two episodes back and he's 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 from south jersey as well but you guys are kind of from different parts from south jersey right is it it's not exactly around the corner or are you guys like really close an hour he's like an hour and 15 uh south i'm kind of more like it's still considered south jersey but it's kind of you know it's like 45 minutes away from central jersey so he's he's way south he's all the way down there and i'm kind of you know not that new jersey's you know that big compared to texas but right yeah it's we live in a big state for sure yeah texas is a big state so when i think of jersey though i like i think of the city you know i just i don't know why you know it's it's probably because i'm from texas you know i'm just ignorant i'm a texan you know that's what it is but so, so how close are you to what people would consider like Jersey as in close to New York City and things like that? Um, New York is, you know, hour and a half, hour and a half north. Um, I mean, I'm sure everybody's seen this, uh, the show Jersey Shore. Oh, so. uh, yes. Snooky it's, is hot. No, I'm just kidding. But seriously. <laughs> that's only, that's only uh, the Jersey Shore. That's Seaside. That's only 15, 20 minutes away from my house. Wow. So you got to hang out with those guys a lot then, right? <laughs> No, actually, I don't. I don't go over there at all, really. <laughs> <laughs> is that a bad part of town, or is it just a party central? Um, I guess there's a lot of party and stuff going on. I never really got into that kind of scene or anything, but uh. Well, you just turned 21, so you got yeah. you got all time in the world to screw your life up. So it's no worries. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, my I I did not watch Jersey Shore too much, uh, unfortunately. My wife always told me about a lot of the, the stuff that went on, and I was just kind of like, that's cool. We'll go with it. Sounds good. There was that one chick that was hot, though. Jessica or something? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I forget. Yeah. I don't I know her name. either. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. She she was attractive. We just went with it. There's really, it probably didn't say anything that was worth hearing, so in the long <laughs> run, we just kind of went with it. Um, So for those of you that might be just tuning in for the first time, what you're watching is seat time. We do this. As, as much as we can every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Uh, Central Time. We sit down, we find writers that we want to talk to, not just that are relevant of the time, but writers that either making impacts, have really good opinions, that really can put a lot to a lot of value into the things that we talk about here on Seat Time. So beer drinking, bench racing, talking about results, just having a good time. So if, if you find anything entertaining tonight, please, seattime.co is the website where you can find more of uh, all the archives of Seat Time. And of course, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher if you want to listen to that, we're on YouTube. Those are all the fun places that you can find us uh, and listen and watch the show. We did, uh, Jesse, you mentioned that coming back from the Texas Enduro, you were trying to watch uh, slash listen to one of the shows um, but you were having some trouble because of the fact that you were kind of trying to get the video to load out in the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it would be nice to uh, 
be able to j- listen to the audio while driving, you know? Yeah. And so that's the cool thing, is I think that it, it's hard sometimes, you know, with iTunes and Stitcher. Both of those are two apps. If you guys are on Android, Stitcher, of course, that's the Stitcher app, makes it easier. Um, if you have an iPhone, uh, you can easily have the iTunes app is right there. You can subscribe to the podcast. Um, and it's audio only. I am not the most attractive person out there. I understand that. So if you don't want to stare at my face and some of the other riders' faces as we kind of go through all this, it's understandable. Audio only, it might be the better way for you to go. I don't know. Um, so that that's other ways for people to find out about Seat Time. Seat Time is brought to you by Fly Racing. I don't know if you saw our awesome intro done by uh, Stephen Rice. So flyracing.com, go check them out. We've got Squarespace as well, squarespace.com slash Seat Time. If you're looking to build the most awesome website ever, personally, for yourself, and not spend a lot of time nor a lot of money, that's the way to do it. And of course, graphics, who doesn't want to have their motorcycle look freaking awesome? RidePG.com, two awesome discounts they want to talk about is 40% off if you get the ready-to-ship option that you can select, or you could use the discount code SEATTIME. I think those are all fantastic uh, bits, and we're going to talk about more of our partners later and some of the things that they're going to offer to you, but we want to let you know about them now. In case while you're listening or watching, you kind of want to browse the web as well. Those are some things you can go check out. So, uh, Jesse, I, I think it, it's it'll be good to give some of our viewers and listeners a little bit of a backstory on yourself. I know that you know your dad was a big rider. It turns out, reading around on the internet, that he actually won a couple of overalls in some of the more regional enduros in your yeah. neck of the woods. Um, so, could you like kind of give us a little bit of background of how? You know, he influenced you and got you into riding and all that kinds of fun stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I got my uh, first bike when I was seven years old, and I had an XR80. And, uh, you know, um, well, actually, I had a little quad that one of my stepdads got me first. But my dad got me uh, an XR80, and, um, you know, he taught me how to ride and uh, got me going and we'd go out every Sunday and that kind of thing. And I was always just trying to chase him down until, you know, finally I was able to go past him. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I remember I it took me a very long time to be able to pass my dad. So I'm glad that you did it earlier than me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So yeah, it was good. I mean, um, getting started racing, my, my mom actually got me to the races just cause, uh, my dad's like a, crazy worker and you know he doesn't have much time to kind of get out there and go to the races so he's always just working and taking care of the property and but uh he taught me you know how to ride and and all that yeah well um it's it, so what uh series did you or what series uh multiple if it were did you grow up riding uh in in kind of the south jersey area or I, I, i'm gonna say the northeast so there's like a in the NC SA or something up there, the Enduro series. Uh, um, I just screwed it up. I know that's fine, but <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, the same uh, Andrew Long grew up racing the same one. He was kind of uh, a couple years before me. He's a little older, but uh, it's the ECEA East Coast Enduro Association, and then also um, uh, series NEOC, which is uh, Northeast Off Road Championship Series. Um, both of those, I started in the ECA, riding youth and all that, and the NEOC was like another kind of series that popped up, and they uh, started doing, you know, both of them, and uh, I grew up racing youth and um, A and AA in those series. Is that, um, uh, there was a gentleman that we've talked to a couple times on the show, like Zach Huberty and Tanner Thomas. Are both of those guys from that, that same neck of the woods? Yep, yeah, they're, uh, they're local kind of northeast guys. 
Okay. And uh, do you get a chance uh, to ride with them a lot uh, now uh, that you're kind of traveling as much as you are and working at everything? Or do you kind of have a training schedule that you stick to since you have to travel and work so much? Yeah. Um, I don't really, I haven't really rode with those guys. Um, I see them, you know, around the local races and, and uh, Tanner Thomas goes to the the nationals and I uh, talk to them a lot, but I uh, haven't ever really rode with those guys. Um, just they're, you know, only a couple hours away, but, uh, I usually, you know, if I'm not racing, I'm working and riding and training and see my girlfriend when I can and just yep. staying busy, you know, and I kind of, I can ride right out of my garage. I just put my gear on and start the bike and ride. So I just, I actually ride with my, uh, local buddy, Billy, Billy Schoenberg, he's a local double A guy and, uh, just rip it up in my house, you know, usually. That's pretty awesome. So what you're saying is if I came up to your house with my shoulder heels and we had a sleepover, that I could <laughs> ride out of your garage as well. Yeah. Yeah, you could. My, my, uh, actually my dad always, always been since I was a kid, like real strict with like people parking. I mean, I could have people come ride, but he's always like one to two cars maximum. I don't, this isn't a highway back here. And I guess he's trying to preserve it or whatever, but, uh, yeah, you could definitely, yeah, you could come up and ride. Definitely. I have, there's tons of stuff. I mean, it's not exactly all of it's legal or, or, or whatnot, but, uh, Hey, I own a gun. I'm in Texas, man. I, do you have any, I, I could bring a gun. I got a CHL. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> all right. You know? I'm, I'm in illegal. I mean, I'm in <laughs> illegal in the most legal way possible. How about that? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm down to have fun. So don't tell anybody that I'm taking narcotic in taking narcotics and having my first adult beverage in a very long time. But it's seat time. I figure if I'm going to water down anything, it's going to be on this show and make it make it as as as, uh, as interesting as possible for you guys. You never know. I might wind up just taking off this tank top and just getting crazy. I don't know. Stuff's going to get weird. So. I think your name kind of came more on the national scene, at least to myself, um, last year. You know, you did extremely well at the National Enduros, kind of more on a privateer effort. Um, and you were, yeah. uh, reading around, you were definitely out talking to a lot of the factory teams that were going to be supporting more of the National Enduro teams for this year. Um, and you were also able to fill in for Stuart Baylor Jr. when he was cert, uh, hurt and able to go to the ISDE on the junior team. You've had yeah. a lot of experiences that happened really, really quick, I think, in 2012. So of all the stuff that you kind of learned last year, like what did you take into 2013 and really like base the way that you were going to approach this year on? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I just – I learned a lot last year just a matter of, you know – learning the right way to test and kind of, and train and, and what it's all about and just minimizing, you know, mistakes. And I kind of figured out last year that, um, you know, I can run with those guys and I have the, I have the speed to do it. And, um, it's just a matter of, you know, learning to make the least amount of mistakes and being the preparations, everything, you know, I mean, everything you do affects in a race, um, you know, how much sleep you got, how do you, how, how your bike's prepped, your physical conditioning just, you know, it's just, I learned a ton about all those things. Yeah. And, um, you work full time, if I'm correct, still, um, even though you're kind of uh, on the AMPRO team and, and, you know, racing there, you're their main 
enduro effort this year. So, yeah. you know, tell us a little bit about how you have to juggle that schedule. I mean, what do you do one and then two, how are you juggling this schedule to, you know, be able to travel and make it to all these races? Um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm really lucky to, um, to kind of have the people around me that, um, uh, help me and, and work with me, um, as far as like working and stuff. Um, well, first I'm a Boilermaker, uh, apprentice in the, in the union, in the local 28. And, um, luckily, um, their understanding and, and kind of, you know, if I got a race, I can talk to them and, you know, in between work and stuff like that. And, um, just kind of let them know where I'm, what I'm doing, where I'm going, and I'm always kept up on my work and schoolwork and all that for the apprenticeship, and they kind of uh, let me uh, let me slide on things, and then also in between that, because there's not always work with that, um, my uh, stepdad has like a general contracting um, company, mm-hmm. and they do you know renovations and drywall and all kinds of stuff, and. I just, they basically give me whatever freedom I need. If I need to ride Wednesday, cause it's going to be 70 degrees and Sunday, I, sunny, I can say, Hey, I mean, how busy are you? Can I get, can I leave early? Can I have a half a day or can I have off? And they're cool with it. And they always, you know, as long as they're busy, they always keep me going. So it's good. Nice. Well, um, <laughs> what exactly is a Boilermaker do now? I'm going to go out on the obvious limb and say that you make boilers, but <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I would imagine that a little bit more of a descriptive uh, description would uh, be beneficial because someone like myself, I'm like, oh, he makes boilers. What is what the hell is that like? So yeah, well, uh, yeah, I'm a, I mean, I'm a second year apprentice, so I haven't been in that long. I just got in out of high school, so I'm not fully familiar with everything. But um, basically, so far, I mean, I've worked in oil refineries and um, a nuclear power plant and um, uh, an asphalt plant and there's there's different um they call them heat exchangers and boilers and you know nuclear uh energy makes it's all steam and um i guess the steam spins a turbine and makes the power so and it's all uh boilers that that make steam so basically uh we repair and and, and install them and uh that kind of stuff it's pretty it's pretty interesting i mean it pays good and it's it's tough nasty slimy work but uh i, I kind of like it and a lot of welding and it's cool nice it sounds like science um in a in a very uh in a very engineering sense so that's why i code websites because yeah, i mean you can it's just like <laughs> anything else you can uh you know you could be the guy who oh you're kind of lagging out there um oh you're good go ahead okay you're it I got you back. What'd you? What'd oh, you I was say? saying, I was uh, asking for you to just go ahead and tell me, uh, keep going with what you were saying. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just like anything else. I mean, you could be like with racing a motorcycle, you could kind of be the guy that just goes out there and, you know, goes along with it, or you could take it and be the best welder and learn the most about it, you know, and it's just, uh, there's tons of things to learn and, or, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. I try to, uh, learn as much as I can because you know you can't as much as I love to I don't I don't think you can race motorcycles forever at a uh, professional level yeah I mean Mike Lafferty is certainly trying um, 
but we'll we'll see. Unfortunately, we'll see uh, how much longer he's. I know he's he's rooting for that ninth uh, that ninth championship. So we'll see if he can yeah. ever get it. And if he gets it, I'm sure he's gonna retire. But if not, I don't know. He may just start pushing. He's about to be forty, so he might just push it all the way to fifty, and uh, yeah, and, and see how it keeps going. I, I know I know some guys that are you know over fifty that are ripping it up pretty good, but not at a professional level. Right. Yeah, I know some guys that are way faster than myself that are you know in their 40s and 50s as well and so i just kind of like oh you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna hopefully still be at a ride at that point that's my plan i I may not be the fastest guy out there but i'll definitely be the guy with the biggest grin about that yeah me too (laughs) well um so do you do you think after the little bit of success that you've had you know this year going into the rest of the season like what what are your goals like what do you need what do you need to have happen in 2013 for you to go oh that was a successful year I mean, I want to, I need to be on that podium. I want to, I need to be not just once or twice. I mean, I want to be, I want to be a contender. And, um, my goal is to be, you know, on that podium as much as possible and just work my way to the top spot and, uh, just learn as much as I can and, and be doing the same thing next year. Right. Okay. And with the success that you had last year and then the races that we've had so far at the beginning of 2013, what have you learned um, that you now need to know you need to apply to, you know, make those goals, uh, you know, a possibility? Um, well, I mean, this year, you know, being on a Yamaha, it's a totally new bike. So, I mean, as far as, you know, we did a lot of testing and got the bike dialed into where I'm really getting comfortable on it now. And, um, you know, just this year, I mean, I kind of put, I always put a lot of pressure on myself, but I put a little bit more pressure because I'm on a, you know, on a team and everything else and I want to perform and I don't want to let anybody down. Absolutely. uh, One thing that's really important that I think I forgot at the first couple rounds is just to, uh, you know, when I'm out there just to, I race my motorcycle because it's fun and I love it and I just got to go out there and when I'm having fun, that's when I ride. That's when I ride the best. You know, even if it's a tough, nasty, muddy race, you just you gotta have fun. So yeah, no, it makes complete sense. And uh, I think I think you know, so. yeah, no, I think being able to learn a little bit more about the team that you're on and kind of some of the GNCC racing that you've been doing as well uh, is going to be it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to hearing about that. Uh, I do need to take a quick break just to say thank you very much to fly racing um you can go check out their website at flyracing.com um seat time they, they they are the title sponsor of seat time so if if there is any part of seat time that you are enjoying um you should go check out their website and and really think about supporting uh supporting this group of guys and all the gear and all the things that they do for the off-road community is absolutely amazing they support way more teams uh series and riders than I, I think any other any other uh, company in the industry. So please, flyracing.com. Some of the new gear that they've got coming out is the new spring uh, mesh line that they've got for the uh, for the spring line, the kinetic mesh for 2013, and it's their vintage gear, and it's awesome. Uh, I have some. It's unfortunately very far away right now because of the fact that I only have one arm and I can't reach it. Uh, because I said it in the wrong place. So there we go. Technical difficulty number one for the evening. That sucks. So uh, please, check them out, flyracing.com. Dale Spangler is a very, very big help to us, and we appreciate it. You can find them as Twitter. On, I mean, we like to get tweeted really hard. If you want to tweet them real hard, at flyracing. It's like underscore USA. Boom. 
There you go. Tweet them real hard. Tell them Sea Time said, what up? And thank you, Fly Racing, for your support. So, new to the Ampro Yamaha team for 2013. Tell us a little bit about how that came about um, at the end of last year. Um, Well, basically, uh, actually, at the Cajun Classic round last year, um, Randy Hawkins came up to me, and that was when I had a fourth overall finish, my best finish so far last year. And um, he just came up to me and introduced himself and gave me his business card and uh, just kind of built a relationship throughout the year and stayed in contact with them, and he kind of wanted to – watch and kind of just see what kind of guy I was and he told me to you know talk to him and uh just wanted to see you know what I was all about and um also I was talking to air group and I was trying to communicate with you know KTM and just explore all my options and uh towards the end of the year I asked Randy if I could try come down and try a bike and he said yeah sure and went and rode a bike and uh felt decent on it felt good and um towards the end of the year he said uh you know we're gonna do this and gave me a good opportunity and uh i'm just completely stoked and just happy to uh have an opportunity to be racing on an awesome team you know under randy hawkins and uh you know paul woodley's and just want to learn as much as i can from those guys and i'm just just awesome yeah i mean if there's being on a team with Randy Hawkins as the as the manager and owner and all that, I mean, that's a lot of experience to soak up. And then, of course, you've got Paul Wibley, Jordan Ashburn, and a bunch of other – I mean, that's that's a hell of a team to be soaking up. So being on a team with Paul Wibley or, you know, and being some of the, the GNCCs and stuff, what's that like? I mean, is he just like head down all business, or do you actually even get a chance to really uh, communicate with him all that much? Um. I mean, I haven't been down. I've, I've been down in South Carolina um, a decent amount, not that much, you know, kind of in and out and because uh, it's kind of hard living in New Jersey. But um, Paul, he's pretty much, I would say he's mostly all business, I think. I mean, he's a you could talk to him. He's a nice guy. And I would say he's mostly, he's pretty focused, you know. I mean, I think you could joke around a little bit with him, but he's he's business. I mean, I worked out with him a couple of times and, I mean, it was pretty intense and uh, <laughs> it hurt <laughs> i mean i took some of that and i try to apply it when i'm at home to build my way up to you know eventually be at where he is with the conditioning but um i think he's mostly mostly business yeah well um you gotta be to be a, a gncc and to be a champion you know yeah no absolutely i think you're that's a spot-on comment to make and you know a lot of people always talk too about how you know his nickname the axe man and how he's always you know, worked really hard to play really hard and to be able to do what he wants. And he definitely seems like the kind of guy from everything that people have said that just head down and just just continues to, uh, you know, charge through regardless of the obstacles in his way. Sometimes that's people like Jason Hooper. If he's a cameraman, get taken out by people. And uh, sometimes those are trees and sometimes it's other riders. So uh, that, that's just kind of the way it falls down. But uh, – Go ahead. Nick Davis uh, ran over. Didn't Nick Davis run over his foot last year at Indiana? I think uh, he did get. Yeah, he got run over again last year too. Oh, where, where at? No, you're uh, you're talking about Hoop's foot, right? Yeah, I think at uh, Indiana, Nick. I think it was Nick Davis. I'm pretty sure kind of slid out into him or something, or yeah. ran over his foot. He's had some trouble there, I think, and it was Paul Wibley. I think it was uh, maybe it was like '09 or 2010. 2010 was his first year on the Yamaha. I don't remember if he was on Yamaha or not. 
that hoop was telling me about that, like, Paul Wibley just totally, like, like, cleaned him out. Yeah, completely cleaned him out. Like, he said it was just a yard sale. Like, so, uh, whoops. <laughs> some people, people don't know, I guess, you know, being a camera guy is a little more intense than, uh, you know, what most people think. Oh, yeah, some of those close shots. Unfortunately, when, when you edit, you don't actually put in the fact that you – and the camera got sprawled 10 feet off the trail after you got that really close bit to the bike. <laughs> should probably wear riding gear next time you go to and record at a race. Well, that's only if I want to get the hardcore shots. You know, get all up yeah. in there. So put a helmet on, some some D-pads, get really into it. I think it could happen. It'd be really hot, though, in Texas. Whew. Yeah, yeah. So your GNCC, you, you've been doing the GNCCs for a little while. I saw some results uh, there last year, but you've been mainly an enduro guy. Um, yeah. And so, how has your experience in the GNCCs been? You know, coming from a mainly kind of enduro background, I think for myself it would be hard as shit because it's the <laughs> speeds are totally different. Two totally types of race, but I'd like to hear it from you since you're way faster and better. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think last year when I did some of the GNCCs, I had some better uh results than this year you know this year i i'm not doing all of them you know i'm just gonna do some um here and there and just try to learn and um just get some more seat time but uh gnccs are definitely a whole different animal and um it's just a matter of you know finding that pace and getting in the i you know getting up towards the front pack and sticking with those guys and uh i mean compared to enduro it's just so much more wide open and uh beat up and it's just and really demanding you know yeah. so uh i mean i i think they're cool and i i like i think enduros are a lot more fun but uh you know i want to get out to some more gnccs and uh try to put in some results and and learn you know as much as i can yeah um so so there's guys like lafferty and bobbit who have done a fairly good job i think of of making a career out of being enduro riders, you know, they, yeah. they, uh, they as well, per, you know, participate in other local events, more regional events and like the OMAs and things like that. So more national, um, you know, just not to the level of some of the, like the GNCC say and thing and, and those events. Um, but you know, is, is, is that something that you think that you could as well kind of niche out for yourself? I, I would think that that would be fairly difficult and you would really have to make a very, very good name for yourself to do something like that. But, you know, is that something that you've kind of given a thought or are you going to try to get, you know, better and more experience uh, in the more hair scramble type formats? Um, yeah, you know, at the beginning of the year, I was kind of thinking, you know, um, I'm going to do both series and I'm going to, you know, go to the GNCCs and, you know, try to, you know, see what I can do. And um, but I think for this year, like what what got me on, you know, where I am is the Enduros. So I need to stay a hundred, you know, hundred and ten percent focused on the Enduros. And um I mean hopefully I can niche something out to where that's the goal, you know, to be a top Enduro rider. But I'd I'd like to be, you know, work my way towards the top and, and at a GNCC level and uh start finishing in the top ten and you know, I mean, the more versatile you are, the more valuable you are, just like in a job or in a career. And, uh, I mean, I, I'd like to be able to do both, but uh, Enduros are definitely my more strong point. So I need to kind of focus and hone in on the Enduros, start working my way, getting on the podium. And then, um, you know, once when I feel like I can kind of branch off, then, you know, focus on 
doing both, you know? Yeah. Well, um, so, you know, we just got done with the Cajun Classic. We were talking about it being a super muddy race. Uh, Mullins yeah. got the win. Bobbitt second on, you know, like two, two and a half minutes behind him. And then Farringer another minute, you know, minute and a half behind Bobbitt. So those are the guys on the podium. We've got Lafferty and we've got yourself. So you're in the top five there. So fantastic job. Um, what do you think that those guys were doing different? Now, you said you had some trouble staying upright. Now, obviously, that's that's. I find that the weekends that I have the shittiest rides are the weekends that I hit the ground more than I should have. Um, so, obviously, that's a big thing. you got to stay upright. But, you know, besides not crashing, what are some of the other things that you kind of could focus on? Say, like, it's such a muddy race. You don't know what's, what it's going to be like. And, and, you know, how do you kind of mentally prepare for that? And, and what do you try to improve on? Um, you know, I think one thing I should have, um, I, you know, I kind of use laminated tear-offs, and I think roll-offs would have been a little bit better. But, I mean, besides just keeping it off the ground, it's just a matter of, you know, being smooth, looking ahead, you know, hitting the right lines. And um, some of the muddier, slippier uh, sections, I felt like I was kind of lighting the back wheel up a little bit too much, you know, kind of um, hitting – a little bit too much and, and just, you know, getting more wheel spin rather than just staying smooth and fast. And um, I think that's really important just to, I mean, you got to just carry a lot of momentum and just keep the mistakes to a minimum. I mean, it's just, it's all about who's who's hitting the right lines and who's not making the least amount of state mistakes. And those are the, those are the guys that are winning. Yeah. Um, do you think that, that Mullins, even though it's a little bit of a heavier bike, that the 350 that he was riding might have, because it was four-stroke, you know, the, the way that it delivers the power in the mud might have been more beneficial than some of the guys riding all the two-strokes or like yourself and Bobbitt and Farringer? Well, I think from what I remember in that, uh, I think three and four, section three and four were the most slippery sections, and one and two I felt had decent traction, and five, and I think six, six had a lot of traction too, so... I don't think in the in you know the first two and the last two sections were a two stroke was much of a disadvantage, but I I um, I think it was just as equal to the four stroke, you know. But uh, I think the four stroke, I mean, you're still going to be it's slippery to anybody, but right. I think uh, the four stroke might have been a little bit of advantage in the slipperiness in sections, you know, three and four. But I mean, Mullins is just hats off to him. He's just a phenomenal rider. I bet you you could put him on whatever bike and he would still just, you know, put the results in. But, uh, yeah, the four stroke, I think probably would put a little bit more traction to the ground in those slippery sections. Yeah. That's interesting. I, you know, everybody kind of has their, their stroke that they prefer, if you will, you know, they're like, they're a two stroke guy, they're a four stroke guy. And then, you know, then you get those same kind of people that are like, Oh, well, you know, it was cause it was muddy or oh, it was cause it was dry. And so I, I like to get those opinions, you know, especially from the top guys and that, and that kind of stuff, you know, it's like, and we had a great case in point because this weekend was so ridiculously muddy. It sounded like, um, yeah. and so I think it's, it's interesting to, you know, be able to get your perspective on that. Um, and, and to hear you say that, you know, there are probably places where a four stroke might've been more beneficial just because of the way that it delivers power and for what it is, you know, that the, the, the bike that it is. Yeah. yeah. That's 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 how I'm gonna ramble on about that as much yeah, as possible. Pros and cons, you know, advantages and disadvantages with uh, with either one. Yeah, it's very true. Very true. Okay, so Germany, junior team, world world uh, world junior team. 
trophy cup. Boom. How, how was that experience? Was that not just absolutely insane? Yeah, it was insane. It was awesome. I mean, where do you want, where do you want me to start? Exactly. That's what I kept telling people when people asked me, like, how was it? I was like, ha, ha, this is freaking awesome. Uh, that's like your first response, I think, because it should be. Um, but yeah, I mean, so you got the call. You know, I, I, did did Auntie call you, or was it somebody else from the AMA that called you to let you know that, or to offer you the the position to fill in for Stewart? Yeah, it was it was, yeah, it was Auntie on the auntie? on the ride back from uh, Missouri. Uh, I think it was yeah Missouri Lead Belt National Enduro last year. Um, he, yeah, he called me up and I mean, asked me to if I could do it, and basically I was like, all right, I mean. I, I said, yeah, I'm, um, you know, I'll check with my parents and, uh, and all that got back to them. And, and, uh, I mean, it was just crazy. It was like, I had one week's right after that. I mean, I was getting a passport and booking plane flights and it was just chaos. Nice. So what was the, of the three things that you were like, okay, I got to figure this stuff out the most what was what, what were those for people that are kind of going oh man how hard was it for him to figure this out you know it's like was it tire changing was it bike maintenance was it just how to ride and not get monkey ass that's gonna like wear you down for six days or you know what was what was what were some of the, the major concerns um well as far as i guess you're in the race you're obviously talking about um i mean because before the race it was just getting the passport and everything was crazy, but um, okay. Um, let me think here. I mean, the tire changing was pretty hard. I think the first day I was nervous, and I only got the rear done because I was just so nervous and excited, and you know, um, I wasn't able to do the front. But uh, luckily, before I kind of had a system down that worked for me, kind of for ISD because um, a guy that was um, supporting me to help me get to the nationals last year. Um, there was two guys, Hank Kanabi, another guy, Glenn Sherrod. He went to ISDE. Um, he qualified and he's a, like a 50 plus, uh, a rider. And, um, I spent some time at his house and he was sponsoring me and he taught me how he changed tires at the ISD. So I was like, yeah, you know, I'm always, I always want to learn new things. So he taught me what he did and I've done it and practiced it. And, um, so I kind of had a system for that, but, um, the hardest thing to learn was just, I think, you know, just keeping your bike going and just staying smart because you want to really preserve the bike. And, and I mean, just you got to use your time wisely um, as far as changing the tires. And, you know, if you have something broken, um, getting it fixed and, and getting on time um, to uh, impound and all that uh, was definitely challenging. Yeah. Well, um, I think I think one of the big challenges that people have when they go to the isde is how to pay for it and a lot of people you know a lot a lot of people you know make different websites and they find different sponsors and stuff like that and so i think this this next partner before we kind of talk about a little bit more of seat time is a great kind of lead into that is squarespace so you can check them out squarespace.com slash seat time now this is the whole package. If you are uh, an athlete looking to have a website, you're not even an athlete. If you're a photographer, if you're a chef, if you happen to be in enthusiastic about anything and you write blog posts about your baby's stool for whatever strange reason, this is the place that you want to, to host and have your website because they do everything for you. You can go to Squarespace. You can sign up for one of their, for one of their packages 
and you can uh, use our discount code, which we'll tell you here in a little bit. And you can then, you can have the whole deal. You can get your URL, you can host your website, you can create all your content, upload your pictures, put up all your videos, all that kinds of fun stuff. And you can pick out the absolutely best looking themes for these websites that you can still customize if you so desire after the fact, even though they are stunningly good looking, um, to then create a little bit more of a custom feel. And they're completely responsive. So people can view these websites from all over different type of devices to big browser computers to little tiny tablets or little tiny phones, or I guess average size tablets to little tiny phones. Uh, if we're talking size here specifically, nobody likes to do that, but sometimes you have to. So I think if you're an athlete out there who's going, oh, you know, I want to go to the ISDE. I want to have a website where people can buy t-shirts or they can learn more about me or anything like that. Squarespace would be a great place to start. I think um, it's a very good way to do it. I think you should check it out. Squarespace.com slash seat time and the discount code you can use to save 10% off of your first purchase. So 10% if you get a month or 10% off your first month if you buy a month, 10% off your entire year if you buy a whole year is seat time one as a discount code you can use. So thank you very much Squarespace for your support. We really, really appreciate it. So complete tie in because that's what I'm good at. How did you did you get help? Did you have time to save for the ISDE? I know you overalled Ohio or the, the, the qualifier in Ohio just by wanting to go and didn't yeah. even have a letter of intent out there. So, I mean, did you, did you just have to like fork over a ton of cash or what was the deal? Um, well, since Stuart Baylor was already gone, basically, I mean, I rode his motorcycle and had his hotel room. So some, you know, a good portion of the expenses were, paid for but luckily um i mean there were still a lot of things to pay for i mean you know um six sets of riding gear and you know the plane ticket and food and you know just getting a, um just getting there and all the travel expenses were crazy and luckily um the ECEA and um the clubs and just a lot of local people in town and stuff like that um basically i just posted that I'd, you know, I'd really appreciate any donations. And, um, a lot of people actually donated and helped pay for, for most of it. And uh, I'm really appreciative for that. It's just a really cool thing to have so many people kind of supporting and, uh, su you know, just, uh, supporting me to, to get out there and, and do it. And, and I'm, you know, I'd probably still be in debt if it wasn't for those people. <laughs> yeah. I, I would imagine that one of those trips would be easily like maybe four semesters of college if not two i mean it depends on the college obviously but i mean yeah. it'd be it's it's not an easy trip you know it's it's probably 10 12 grand if you're just footing the whole bill paying for all of it i mean it's it's a hefty hefty chunk of change i know i spend a ton of money just going over there you know hanging out doing pictures yeah. and video <laughs> so yeah. uh that you know i mean granted i had beer tabs you know when you're over there riding you don't have those but that's fine i mean some of us do i probably still would yeah, and I mean, we uh, just to touch back before, uh, just the main craziest thing was just getting everything organized. And I mean, he literally after the Missouri National Enduro, I was called on Monday, and I flew out the following Monday to the ISDE or the following. Yeah, I think it was I had one week's notice, so I had to get a passport, six sets of riding gear. I mean, everything was overnight shipped to my house and. Um, you know, I brought my suspension there. I had to get the painted helmet. Um, you know, 
just everything just had to come together. I made a big list on the ride home and it was like pulling my hair out. I had to get a, um, a driving international driving permit or whatever. And it was, it was crazy. So, I mean, that was just the whole, the whole trip was just crazy. Did you get any fun speeding tickets while you were over there? Cause we did. Oh, actually, no, I, I luckily, I didn't end up driving that much. Cause when I was hanging out with the trophy guys, I was in Destry Abbott and uh, Taylor Roberts car. And um, when we were driving all the different tests, and I'm sure they got some tickets because we were going <laughs> pretty fast. And I feel bad for the rental company um, when they got those cars back with the off-roading that we did. But uh, no, luckily I didn't get any because I didn't. I actually ended up not driving that much. Nice. Well, yeah. Hopefully they bought insurance and uh, everything was taken care of. So I don't think. Uh... <laughs> You know, I mean, I'm pretty sure that when uh, Auntie is, you know, uh, Auntie and his people are making all the plans, they realize who they're going to be putting behind the wheels of these cars, and they're like, insurance, yes, double insurance, absolutely, <laughs> we need all of that as much as possible. Um, yeah, it's 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 kind of a good tie-in as well because we could talk a little bit about the fact that, say, like Destry Abbott, Taylor Robert, we've got some of the other uh, enduro cross guys like Corey Grafunder, um, that's been on the show. Uh, they're all they're all in Brazil now, getting ready for X Games, doing enduro cross. You know how crazy do you think it is that those guys are now, you know, getting to travel the world on you know doing this with X Games. Yeah, that's yeah, that's awesome, and uh, I think enduro cross is a really cool thing, and um, you know um, I enjoy riding enduro cross, and if there was some closer events, I'd I'd definitely be at them, but. Uh, that's just awesome. Just traveling the world and going to another country to ride a motorcycle. That's just something you, when you're a kid, you, you know, like dream about. So that's yeah. just, that's really cool. And I like to see, uh, just as, you know, a racer and a rider, I like to see anything that, uh, just to make the off-road sport bigger, you know, motocross and supercross is everybody knows about that. And then, you know, you talk to somebody about enduro, they're like, what the heck is that? Yeah. You know? So, but it's cool. Just it's all that's awesome. They're traveling the world and and doing that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, good luck to all those guys. I think it's going to be fantastic. I really look forward to watching it. Uh, I I, I want to say it's gonna it's like a uh, it's, I didn't check the exact times. I do know that it's Thursday the eighteenth. Um, that evening for us, we can watch it watch it live. Um, if we wanted to do that, I believe it's like seven to nine p.m. ish. Uh, I want to say eight, but I think that might have been Pacific time. So obviously. You know, figure out your time schedule. Obviously, I'm sure we could find it at uh, xgames.com uh, or ESPN.com if we wanted to get technical with it. But right now, we're in the middle of a show here. We don't need to get crazy, do we, Stephen? Absolutely not. Why would we want to do a thing like that? So, good luck to all those guys. Um, this past weekend as well was uh, another Heron Hound. Um, we had Kurt Caselli winning another race. Kurt Caselli is uh, my, my bromance, if you did not know, Mr. Jesse. Um, and uh, if you didn't, now you do. He's pretty much my favorite faves of all the faves ever. Um, and he he won. What's that? Is that one of his jerseys up there? Uh, which I don't know. Oh, I see. No. I see KTM and um, uh, I have uh, actually. I keep his jersey somewhere else. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> not really. No. Uh, it 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 uh it it's uh. It is in the garage, actually. I, I I wanted it to sound dirty just because everybody likes to think that way, but in reality, it's not really that dirty because it's in the garage. It's hanging there. Uh, I've got some more that I need to transfer over, and then, of course, Mike Lafferty was like, oh, I'm going to send you one, and everybody else was like, oh, we'll send you one. They don't ever send me one. 
you know, <laughs> suckers, whatever. Well, I'm gonna... The garage, you know, is a, is a dirty place to hang your jersey. I know. I kind of like it there. It's better than, like, you know, in my sock drawer, I guess, right? Because like, that'd just be weird. Yeah. Most people be like, is it in your underwear drawer? I'd be like, nope, but I wear it as underwear. <laughs> <laughs> so sick and weird. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, Toby Price from Australia, he got to come over to do another Heron Hound. He's going to be doing some, uh, or I, I don't know when he's going to be riding again, because unfortunately, uh, he yeah. got hurt this past weekend. We had a Skylar Howes, or Hose, uh, as well got hurt. Uh, I think it's kind of crazy. You know, it just seemed like there was guys left and right that we heard about, not just in the pro, pro ranks going down and getting hurt. So uh, we definitely send out all of our. Uh, all of our thoughts and prayers out to those guys for speedy recoveries. Luckily, it seems everybody's up, everybody's walking. Um, but you know, it just kind of sucks when you hear about so many, so many different guys going down. Have you ever done an event like that, like a hare and hound, Jesse? No, I've never, never done a works or a hare and hound. I mean, I'd love to go out and experience one. They look pretty intense. I mean, I've watched some of Kurt's helmet cams where it looks like it's just like fifth, sixth gear, wide open across the desert, like. You hit one of those bushes, you're going to be done. So yeah, uh, and looks- that's that's what it looked like for Skyler's helmet cam. I, I know Bo Bo Cotton uh, put up his video and then and put out the and he had the crash video of Skyler in there, and it was like he was just you know booking it like you're saying fifth sixth gear, and all of a sudden he's just like, Poof! and you can see the <laughs> see the bike like above his head, and he's like just pinballing it into the ground, and it it didn't look fun to say the I least. Mean- I had a uh, a crash uh, going in six gear. I actually killed a deer, hit a deer and killed it. What? Yeah. Um, I uh, last year I, it was like my brand new KTM. Just got it. Didn't even have one ride on it. And I was like, you know, let me let me see. How, let me open this thing up on the dirt road and see uh, see how fast it goes. And I just clicked it in a sixth and uh, was you know wide open, but I wasn't at the top of the gear. I was just kind of went from fifth to sixth. And I didn't even have time to let off and T-bone the thing and went sailing and sliding and fanny pack ripped off, bike subframe bent, uh, clutch master cylinder busted off, handguard busted off, bars bent, and uh, I actually, I killed the deer. So, but you walked away? Yeah, I walked away. I Holy I had, crap. I had like, it looked like somebody took sand, like heavy duty sandpaper and sanded my helmet and my, my chest protector and like. You know, I had scrapes all down my legs and stuff from just the road, you know. Road rash, yeah. Sliding down the gravel road. But luckily, I mean, I got really lucky. Did you eat the deer? <laughs> no, everybody said I should have, but I, I mean, it was killed. I, t- I, It was dead. I took a picture on my phone because I keep my phone in my fanny pack whenever I ride. Yeah. Uh, I took a picture of it, and the thing was dead laying there. I don't know if an animal came and got it because i went to come back later to see if it was there like later in the afternoon and it was it was gone so i don't know if somebody picked it up or maybe it you know was i don't know knocked out but i mean the thing wasn't moving so regardless if you hit a motor if you hit a deer and you even you killed it or knocked it out that's still pretty impressive that's fast yeah i mean i i was on the on the throttle when i hit the thing i didn't even have a chance to to let off Mm. Uh, sometimes that's better when you're just like, why am I on the ground? Opposed to yeah. like, oh shit, and then you hit it and, you know, it's like, you don't want that half second of, oh crap. You just want to be on the ground and be like, oh. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, are you going to be at Big Buck this coming weekend? We've got GNCCs coming back. Are you going to be down there racing? Um, No, actually, I'm going to take it a little bit easy with them. The okay. last one I went to, I was, I think it was just trying to race all the, 
national series a little bit too crazy, um, you know, so I need to make sure I'm, I'm putting the results in in Enduros. But uh, I think I'm going to stay local, hit, hit a local series hair scramble and get some good riding in and get up and uh, get some practice on some, some harder dirt for the Tennessee National Enduro next weekend so I can be ready to go and, and fighting my, you know, fight my way towards the top. Yeah, I like it. I like that. It's a good attitude to have. I think that's what you, that's what you got to do. You got to realize where you want to be, figure out what you got to do to get there, and then just like make it happen. And I'm uh, I'm, I'm really glad to hear you say that. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing you up there. Um, the yeah. work you've been putting in and the way you've been, you know, uh, working your way up the ranks. I think it's only a matter of time. So it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be patient, but uh, you know, I want to I want to get it done as soon as possible. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Other people that are going to make crap happen, we're going to have another Works uh, event coming up, round four. It's going to be in Utah. And then, of course, uh, May 4th, just uh, not this coming weekend, but the weekend after that, is going to be uh, Seat Time is uh, doing our first Beer Olympics. We have wanted to always kind of put together uh, a way to create an atmosphere and an evening for people to come, you know, more moto heads to get together, have fun, goof off. So if you're in the Northern Texas area and you'd like to come partake in our beer Olympics and watch Vegas Supercross with us, please hit us up on our Facebook page. Um, and you can do that. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Steven is going to be there. Steven and I are both. We're going to be uh, videographing, if you want to call it any, any form of professional way, uh, the event. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Steven as well is going to partake in as many events as he can and try to claim a prize at the Beer Olympics. Uh, I myself will not be able to partake, not just because of my gluten-free uh, allergy or gluten allergy, but because of the fact that I'm on narcotics. It's not a good idea to drink a crap ton when you're on narcotics. Uh, I've been told that by doctors. So I'm going to listen. Nobody believes me, but I'm going to listen. Yeah, I think it's a good idea that I listen, right, Jesse? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, going, to South, we're going to South Carolina for the GNCC, somebody on that coast that we'd like to thank as well for seat time is uh, Powersport Graphics. So, you can find them at ridepg.com uh, if you are on the internet. Um, some of the stuff that we've been talking about a lot with them is, is how they really try to make it easy for you to save money. Uh, two of those options are if you want to save 40% off of your purchasing order, you go pick up one of their kits. You pick the ready-to-ship option. It's going to print out, as you see on the site, uh, no custom logos or anything like that. But obviously, that's because of the fact that there's less work involved. They're boom. That's what I want. They're printing it out, ready to go. If you order it before 11 a.m. Eastern time, it's shipped the same day. That's the way you get the best graphics quick and on time. And then, of course, if you're like, you know, I want to order something a little bit more specific, maybe a little bit more custom, and you want to save 10%, you use the discount code SEATTIME. So S-E-A-T-T-I-M-E. So multiple, multiple ways for you to, to go to RidePG.com or the Powersport Graphics Shop. Save some money and have a good time and say thank you very much for uh, all the supporters that support Seat Time. I think, uh, I think they're, they're fantastic people. Fantastic. Right, Steven? He shakes his head with mass enthusiasm, folks. We need to get a Stephen cam, and it. it yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't say much. He doesn't. No, Steve. Stephen is a uh, not the most enthusiastic person. But that <laughs> we don't. We don't. We don't have him around because he's loud like I am. We can't have two conflicting personalities, can we? Uh, this, this is my enthusiasm. <laughs> that's about <laughs> as enthused as he gets, unfortunately, folks. But that's okay. We we 
We we love Stephen for who he is, not who other people think he should be, right? Boom. His beard, I mean, it's crazy. He's probably got some rats living in there, but you know, whose beard doesn't, right? You got a good beard, it should have some rats living in there, especially if you're in Duck Dynasty or something, right? I hear, I hear chicks dig the beards. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I doubt it, but. Man. <laughs> yeah, no, it I've that. <laughs> That's unfortunately not the case. Oh, well. All right. Well, Jesse Grome, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. You know, with a lot of work and a lot of training and a lot of riding, that's very, very hard. So please tell people out there where they can get in touch with you. You know, any kind of websites, uh, Facebook, all your Twitter handles, jazz like that, so that people can get in touch with you and tell you how awesome you are. Yeah, you can search me on Facebook, Twitter. Just search Jesse Grome. Um, my email, you know, and... Um, jessegrome at gmail.com that's pretty much pretty much it yeah i like it because it's extremely difficult his yeah, name his, yeah his name's jesse grome it's uh, at jesse grome on twitter and uh, it's jessegrome at gmail.com it's like super simple i'm okay with that load anybody out there yeah i don't keep it simple it's like boom you know you northeastern you northeasterners you have to work on your accent more than you do anything else um, and we don't we don't I want anybody I'm hurting each other uh, lagging out a little bit Ah, that's all right. All right. Well, this has been Seat Time. We really appreciate it. Again, you can find all of these episodes on SeatTime.co, YouTube, Stitcher, and iTunes are the places. So the website, though, is uh, SeatTime.co. It's where we keep all of our shenanigans archived for fun. And then, of course, we're on Facebook, Facebook.com slash SeatTime. If you'd like to become our fan there, we'd really appreciate it. And then Twitter. Of course, like we said, we love being tweeted really hard on the Twitter. So please, Twitter.com slash SeatTime underscore co change it up a little bit there just to get confusing we really appreciate it um jesse it's been a fantastic evening we kept it just under an hour uh my lap right now is burning from this laptop um you know i've had half of my one drink with my narcotics pill and uh i'm gonna pour the rest out because i'm realizing that that's all i need uh i think about an hour for this show has been fantastic so i really appreciate it good luck at the next races good luck this weekend at your locals and uh We'll talk soon on the internet, right? Sounds good. All right, boss. Take it easy. Remember, seat time. Always enjoy a pint full of awesome. We'll see you at the Beer Olympics on May 4th. Peace. Awesome. Seat time. <laughs>